0: Welcome to the Leadership Void Podcast. Enrique and Vince here, and we're all about helping you develop and fill the areas of void in your leadership. Let's get started. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Leadership Void Podcast. I'm Enrique with my co-host, Vince, to bring you the best in our veteran military spouse and first responder community, and Vince will introduce today's guest.
1: Absolutely. Thanks, Enrique. Happy August, everyone. We have with us Jason Vander Hayden. He is the 13th, or was the 13th Master Chief Petty Officer of the Coast Guard. He's retired from Tallahassee, Florida, honoring the Coast Guard's 232nd birthday. Wow. So, Jason, welcome to the show. Let's start off. Tell us a little bit about you. Thanks, Vince. Um, You know, joined the
2: Coast Guard about 34 years ago, right out of high school. Uh, didn't have a lot of options. College really wasn't uh, wasn't an option. So uh, joined thinking I was going to do the four year plan, and then I would turn around and, and 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 get out and then go to college after I did the Coast Guard. Um, met my wife. She was in the Coast Guard, and we were both doing well. enjoyed it Enjoyed it. We our son was born, and and we decided, you know, we we would stay with it. And uh, you know. PCS about 13 times throughout my career and, and uh, experienced all parts of the country and, and really all parts of the world for me. And, uh, you, you know, enjoyed every minute of it. I, and that's the truth. Uh, you know, you have days that are tough, but, you know, my, my career allowed me to uh, to go to sea for a, 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 an appropriate amount of time and to be ashore for an appropriate amount of time and uh, and do some special assignments. And, you uh, you know, I'll, I'll tell you, it was. Uh, I would do it all over again. If I if I could start tomorrow, I wouldn't change a thing. I would join. I would. I wouldn't. I wouldn't do anything different uh, than I did throughout my career. Just blessed uh, to have a, a a bunch of good leaders that I work for, which is leads me to why I was uh, very thankful to have the opportunity to talk to you two uh, about leadership. So uh, thanks for having me.
0: Well, though, we're blessed to have you, and we were sharing just a, a couple of interchanges between Air Force, Coast Guard, Navy, and how we overlap in those times, uh, and and not a bad result for a four-year plan there, uh, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> My four-year plan didn't end up that way, but <laughs> I'm so happy that uh, that you were able to uh, rise through leadership and find yourself in the position of McPark. Now, you know, throughout your tenure and your and your career, I know that you had some pivotal leadership moments uh, where you learned the most from. Uh, what would that be for you uh, that you could share with the audience today?
2: You know, when I uh, that's great, Enrique, thank you. Uh, uh, the, the, the thing that you need to know when you first join is how to be a good follower. So if followership is not is not, you know, there's a you know, these days. Our young folks are super bright. They're very intelligent. They, they're motivated. They're energized, and and you know they can do their own research on things, and and they have you know good ideas. So, um, it's being a follower uh, is not always easy. Uh, it sounds easy, but uh, learning to um, you know embrace the goals and the missions of, of the unit, and, and in fact maybe even your department, and down to your division. Uh, and what what your supervisors want to get done, and then trying to meet the needs, the expectations, and the goals of your your supervisor, you know that that um, you, you know and, and it, it is is it takes some work. And when you're young and and you want to go as fast as you can, you're a motivated leader. Um, sometimes taking a step back and and being a good follower can be tough. So I learned. Uh, uh, some tough lessons i was a, a young kid from florida that, that got stationed in new york my first uh, duty station and uh different different culture different ways of talking to people different uh uh work just a lot of differences between a young kid from florida and a and a and, and going to new york and being around a bunch of people from new york so uh, i learned uh i learned quickly how to be a well not quickly i learned to be a follower it took me a little time uh, and then, uh, then as you move up in the organization, you learn to, to lead in at, at, at a small, you know, smaller teams, you, you lead that work ethic, that work effort and, and, uh, and have a good work ethic and, you know, to, to get the smaller things done and, and you learn to, to get to know your people that way. And then as you move up a little bit in the organization, you start to, to understand the why, the, the, okay, why do we do what we do? And then you get, to you're in more of a delegation role where you where you you assign tasks and you assign jobs but you need to take a moment and make sure your people understand the why and and when they understand why they're doing what they're doing they're far more likely to, to work harder at it and to get to get after what you want done in a quicker and you don't really have to you, you can lead through your personal power instead of your position power uh, and then when you get up to the senior levels of the organization, now you're 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 leading to a the senior. You're you're taking the the concerns and the challenges and the uh you, you know the the family issues and all the things that are affecting the people uh, that that are under that you you support. That you they may technically work for you, but you should feel like you work for them. And you're you're sharing that with senior leadership so that you can affect positive change for the whole organization or at least the part of the organization that you're responsible for. so you, you take that you know followership to leading leading others to kind of leading the, the why and then and then leading the whole Coast Guard and trying to affect policy to, to improve the quality of life for all those underneath you and and knowing those different roles and, and you know being able to adjust your leadership style, uh, is is critical, and I think being able to address be having being able to adjust your leadership style as you move up in the organization and who you're working with and what your roles and responsibilities are is critical.
1: Absolutely critical, and thank you for sharing. You know the great tidbits of things you learned through your evolution of 34 years. You know, starting out as a follower, know your why, take that personal power versus uh, position power. Great, great words of wisdom there. Uh, over those 34 years, who was instrumental? and impacted you while you served in the Coast Guard? You
2: know, uh, at virtually every unit that I was at, there was a couple, at least a, a few people that uh, I said, I want to be like them. And there's also a few people that you say, I don't want to be like them. And, you know, so uh, I, I was, uh, it, you know, I, 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 Worked hard. I, I had a good work ethic. I worked hard when I was when I was younger, but I I didn't uh, you know I I wasn't as focused. I worked hard today. I didn't have a plan. I didn't have a. I wasn't I wasn't good at planning uh, where I wanted to be five years from now, and you know I worked for a couple uh, you know when I was a, a, a junior petty officer. I finally had somebody that said, "Hey, what you're 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 you're." your month is is longer than your money supply. So, you, you know, you need to, you need to start doing something about that. And they sat me down and talked to me about, you know, planning and and being smart with my, my time, my money and, and my behavior. Uh, and then when I was at E5, I was, uh, now I, I, I have a son, I'm married and I have a son and I have a daughter. And uh, I was, very hard worker, but I, I didn't put the same level of effort into my family life that I put into my work, into my work. And I had a, a master chief, you know, an E9, who was my officer in charge. He was my, he was my, the the, captain of the ship, his name was Mark Schweiger. And he uh, showed me what it was like to be a good family man, to put your family first, to say, you know, take, you know, respect your family, take time for your family, treat your family well. And then, um, you know, again, worked with some other folks throughout my career that, you know, helped me get my priorities and make sure that my values were aligned with my goals. So I would have, you know, if you have a goal that's, you know, I want to, you know, I want to, I want to make rank as fast as I can. uh, But your values say that you value your family, you value your church, you value, you know, your, you, you know, your hobbies, those two, that, that goal of making rank really fast doesn't really, doesn't always comport well with the, with the, with what you say your values are, and so aligning, I, I had a, an opportunity to work with a, a captain uh, uh, of a ship, his name was Mark Reniger, he, uh, he taught me, hey, know what your values are, because I wanted to be an officer, I said, I want to go to officer candidate school, he says, you know, that's great, but, I can see that you're a better chief than you would be an officer. So I I, I think that, you know, I would recommend you for officer candidate school, but I don't think you'll be happy. And he taught me the, the, the value, the, the importance of understanding that your goals need to really meet, match your values. So um, those little things that, uh, you know, are the, uh, you know, what helped me get to master chief. And then from there, you know, you, you, I've worked with some incredible uh, admirals that just, you know, in the Coast Guard, we have a very small number of admirals and you just don't make admiral unless you're just, uh, I mean, absolutely brilliant and a rock star. So every one of the admirals that I worked for was just uh, made me a better person. So um, uh, yeah, that's, I think that's, you have to, you're not gonna go as far as you wanna go if you don't match your goals and your values.
0: And values are so important. And I'm listening to you, uh, Jason, uh, you know, depict and and detail your career in snapshots. And I also had a a great opportunity to work for great admirals, great captains as senior enlisted. And, you know, what I love about that whole trajectory was that there was somebody that said no, (laughs) you know, somebody that said no, because I see in you the potential to be a great this versus a good enough that, and you know, as leaders, that's so important uh, to be able to identify that. And look, you're wearing the shirt, right? <laughs> good on that, man. Yeah. <laughs> to to say, hey, I see something in you that you might not see yet, uh, and and drive you in that direction. Uh, and so, kudos to him, and 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 thanks, uh, because we have definitely uh capitalized and benefited from your time in office you know there's a lot of changes that you've seen undoubtedly in 34 years uh vince and i have seen different changes both navy and air force throughout our time uh in service and out uh so what are some of your thoughts regarding the future of the coast guard because i know there's a lot of changes environmentally that are affecting the way uh, Coast Guard is is progressing. Uh, so, what are your thoughts on that?
2: I tell you, the the Coast Guard is in a really unique position within the government to be able to kind of be the Swiss Army knife, if you will. If you need need something, we have a really talented cyber workforce. So, as cybersecurity, you know, cybersecurity is always important, but it, and it will always be important. But uh, you know, we have a very talented cyber workforce. The Arctic, we are the pretty much the experts in the arctic all the way back from roaring mike healy uh back when he was the the the, the law in in alaska uh we've always been there in the arctic and and we're we we pride ourselves on having an expertise in the arctic um and 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 conversely in the antarctic as well um and then you know in terms of you know building partner nations capacity so So we, the Coast Guard is very good at building partnerships. Uh, You know, we go to, you know, most other nations of the world can't afford a Navy like our wonderful U.S. Navy. Uh, They just can't, so their navies actually look a lot more like a Coast Guard and their navies perform a lot of the same functions as as a Coast Guard. So uh, we are, you know, well-trained and well-equipped, with our training teams, our deployable training teams to go to other nations and to teach them how to take care of themselves. You know, we are some of our, our, our ad, I would say, you know, some of the other countries that we compete with around the world uh, have a tendency to just go in, write a big check, and then expect that country to take care of, you know, do what they want them to do. You know, we we as the, as the United States try to help that country be self-sustaining that, to to take care of their natural resources and law enforcement. So I see the Coast Guard uh, growing. We are growing. Uh, we're growing both uh, the size of our fleet, uh, our aircraft, uh, you know, our missions, our, you know, uh, as you talked about the environment. Um, the environment is, 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 is critically important, in the you know, as, as we, as the, as the, the climate changes, uh, a lot of the infrastructure, a lot of the ports and a lot of the, the uh, usage, you know, the, 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 the ports and waterways usage is going to change. The look of it is going to change. Uh, and in Alaska, we're seeing a lot of challenges with the permafrost melting, you know, uh, and, uh, you know, so the Coast Guard will be there to help them. And, and so I, I you know, we're, we, I think every year you're going to see growth in the Coast Guard, uh, both missions and people and responsibility.
1: Mission, people, responsibility, indeed. The Swiss army knife of the yeah. United States government. I love that. Thanks, Vince. <laughs> so Jason, let me ask you this question. Talk about leadership now. Uh, nuggets, what highlights, what pearls of wisdom you had and you would like to share with our audience in your time in the Coast Guard? Yeah,
2: you know, thanks, Vince. Uh, you know, I think today leadership has changed a lot in that, you know, when I came in the Coast Guard, we didn't have the technology that we have now. So I basically saluted smartly. My my boss told me to do something. My boss's boss told them to do something. And then that person told me to do something. And I just saluted smartly and did it. And, uh, and, uh, because I didn't know any better and I had no way of, of you know, the, the technology was not there to do any research. There was no Google. There wasn't even cell phones. So I uh, nowadays it's very likely that your subordinate will be just as informed as you are. And in the past, information was power uh, and, and people use that. I have more information than you. So you, do, you, need, you better do what I say or I'm not going to share this information that you need uh, with you. Now, it's anybody can can look anything up. You can search anything. You can be just as smart as your boss pretty quickly in terms of information. Maybe not experience, but information. So now supervisors need to, you know, they they need to respect that and lead from a, that's why understanding the why and teaching people about the why, uh, sharing your experiences uh, and being, you know, a servant type leader is a lot more important. You hear a lot of servant leadership now. I wasn't a lot of servant leadership going on when I was when I was coming up, but that was okay. Uh, there, you know, I did, there wasn't the time for me to question. Hey, why am I doing this? Why am I doing that? You know, I just did it because there was I I I, I couldn't know any better. Um. So I I think being able to be adaptable to to understand your people. And to be able to share your experience in a why and 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 have leadership be a given take a much more give and take than it was uh, before where you actually check on hey do you, do you understand why you're doing this do you know why I've asked you to do that Do you know why we as a unit are doing this uh, and and being able to talk and not be afraid to be questioned in the past you know leaders didn't like to really be questioned now, you, you can expect to be questioned and you should have the answers. Uh, and so uh, that's, that's being comfortable with being questioned and understanding that our generation these days the folks that we work, they're curious, they're, they wanna know, they, they have the ability to learn and they have the ability to do the research and you're a part of that research that they're doing. So don't be upset if you get questioned. The other thing too is um, understanding your people and then knowing some people need a push so, some people, they're not that, mo- maybe they're not really doing the job they really love. Maybe they're, they're, they're plenty capable, plenty intelligent, but they're just not really excited about the job, or there's something else going on in their life, or they, they just um, aren't really get putting forth the effort that they could put forth, and they don't, they're not maybe meeting their potential. Those people, they need a push. You have to get behind them and you have to challenge them. You have to tell them that they can do better. You have to say, I know you can do better. I know you can work a little harder at that. I know you have the ability to to do to put out a better quality product or whatever uh, than than you're than you're doing. And I expect you to do that. And I'm going to set a high standard for you, and I expect you to meet it and if you need help meeting, it, I'll help you. And then there's people that are working as hard as they can. They are they they come to work early every day, they stay late they're tr- They're trying very hard, but they just don't they just don't grasp it. They're just they need some help. They need they want to be good, but they just they 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 need your experience. they need to 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 understand better. And so those people need a pull. They need a hand. Uh, they need you to reach out to them and pull them. Knowing when your people need a push, when they're not, maybe not putting forth ever or when they need a pull is very important because if you if you yell or gripe, or show displeasure with the person that is working that needs a pull and you give them a push, that you you will demotivate them and disincentivize them. And they and and then that's a that they you start going in opposite directions. Conversely, if you try to pull somebody that is not really putting forth the effort, you will drive yourself crazy. Because that's not the way, they don't need any more help. They got it and they know they have it. And when you're, when you you almost insult their intelligence when you say, and then you kind of demotivate them because you're, you're acting like they don't know what to do when they do. So, uh, and, and, you know, that's a, that is, it's not easy to do that. There's a cultural thing, you know, you need to understand that, you know, um, how to motivate, you know, how, you know, some people like to be taught. You have to understand, I live by a rule called the platinum rule. We're familiar with the golden rule, do unto others as they want done, as you would have done to you. The platinum rule is do unto others as they want done to them. Uh, Because just because I'm okay with somebody talking to me a certain way doesn't mean that somebody else is okay with with that same talk. And so you need to understand how your behavior is affecting others. And to do that, you have to talk to them, you have to ask them, you have to kind of read them, judge them. And then you have to know whether or not they need a push or a pull.
0: That's absolutely great advice. You know, uh, throughout your talk, I've noticed that you've mentioned flexibility at the leadership level, knowing where you are and what is required of your people is so important as a leader. And, uh, you know, the days of not getting questioned, <laughs> those days are pretty much over, right? Because yeah. you're going to get the question. There's just too much information out there. Uh, for you uh, to act like you're the reservoir of knowledge, right? right? And 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 they need to drink from your fountain. Uh, but uh, leadership is so dynamic, and uh, it's critical to know that what got you here won't get you there. It 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 is uh, the same way uh, for you as a leader as it is for those that are following. Now, uh, you know, I saw a video uh, Jason, the other day uh, where you was up at Cape May enjoying the uh, great breakfast or lunch with with the recruits and uh, you know it's funny you would say that you know this tranquil uh, time <laughs> there was no tranquility in that room whatsoever Not there. Not there. <laughs> but um, you know there's a lot of folks uh, a lot of young men a lot of young women that are maybe end up listening to this and are you know expecting Mick Park to get them some advice before they go, you know, finally meet those company commanders and recruiters and, and, and all those kind of folks. Um, So what advice, uh, what leadership tip would you give an upcoming men and uh, men and women entering the the coast guard?
2: Yeah. Thanks Enrique. So, you know, we are, we are hiring, we need people and I hope, I hope people take a good look at the coast guard because there's a there's a lot of opportunity there, you know there you know during the global war on terror, we had a lot of people join out of their patriot out of a sense of patriotic duty they wanted to go take the you know we were attacked, so they want to go take the attack to the enemy that type of thing and it was recruiting was was easy now with uh our, you know our pacing threats being china and russia and and to some degree Iran, nobody really is joining the military with, because they're excited to, to go to war with Russia so now you have to look at it as. Okay, why would I join the military? Well, there's a lot of skills you can learn. If you can't really afford to go to college, if you're not really, if you're done with school and you kind of, I'm not sure I really want to go into a four-year schooling. Um, and and maybe you want to learn a trade, but you can't really afford to get into a tech school or something. Um, the military is the way to go. And so now we, the, you know, we focus on, you know, we're here to make you a better person. We are, you know, we're going to train you. We're going to give you some leadership, some life skills we're going to, and, 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 and then, and then a tech, you know, a technical skill. Um, And if you're thinking about joining the military, any branch of the military, including the Coast Guard, um, just remember that there were hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people that have come before you, and they did it. So you you have to tell yourself, if they, you know, if they can do it, I can do it. And know that, when you join the military, it's a basic training is a very short period of time where we have to instill quite a bit of training, quite a bit of followership, quite a bit of uh, you know knowledge and in and, and uh, your your military bearing. We have to put a lot. We have to uh, we have to teach you a lot in a short period of time. So that's why it's very intense. It's as intensive as it as it is. But know that I have never ever met a single person that graduated from basic training that didn't stand a little taller, that didn't feel a little prouder, that wasn't absolutely, you know, feeling really good about themselves and was, a, you know, so glad that they did it. And you just have to get through, you know, you have to get through a little bit of anxiety. This It's a big change in your life is to, you know, go from, you know, having maybe a little longer hair or some facial or you know, whatever and and then now you're 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 in the military and you're and you're wearing a uniform but know that you're also a part of a team now and there is no better feeling than being a valued member of a team and you you're no longer an individual just kind of bouncing around in your life you have purpose you have teammates you have uh, you know a mission vision and guiding principles you have you, you have direction in your life now, and that is what the military will provide you, and if you do four years, in some cases maybe only two, uh, but four years or, 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 or 40 years, it is going to be rewarding every step of the way, and you will be able to look to your right, look to your left, and know that you have people that think like you, act like you, and have your back. You're never alone in the military.
1: Tell you what, Jason, I have goosebumps, man, because because it was great because literally that was my situation. Uh, Basically, I was a father at 18 and I was like, where do I go? And to your point, I joined the Air Force and here I am. I became validated something, doing something bigger and greater than myself, you know, service before self. So everything you said is great. And folks that are listening in who would love to get a hold of you, how do they go about doing so?
2: Well, I'm on LinkedIn uh, and so you can, you can find me on LinkedIn, uh, you know, just Jason Vander Hayden, uh, my, my email address, if you want to email me, it might take me a little bit of time to get back, but it's, it's very simple. It's just jvanderhayden at gmail.com. Uh, just super. And, uh, I'll, I'll hold my phone number. My wife will get upset if I'm starting getting phone, number, phone calls all, all, all throughout the day. So, um, but, uh, you know, happy to, happy to, to talk with anybody and to, to help anybody that might have a question or, you know, might be having, you know, having a tough time saying, you know, you make it sound so good, but it's not so good for me right now. I, I, I may have the answer for you. So um, sometimes it's just, you just need to hear something a certain way. Um, But I will uh, be happy to, to, to any of your listeners, any, any of your, uh, your, the folks that love you guys, if they love you, I, I, I love them too. So that's great.
0: Well, we Thank appreciate that so much. And, and folks, we're going to have that as part of the show notes and video, so you can get a hold of McPog. Uh, Jason, it's a, a, been a great joy to have you. I know you're just fresh out the office. I know you try to get some uh, respite time there in the family uh, as well. Folks, if you want to get a hold of the Leadership Boy podcast, the leadership void at gmail.com is our email. If you'd like to see a guest or maybe have a topic discussed concerning leadership, Vince and I will curate that list and, uh, and get it on the show. But, uh, you know, Jason, it's been such a joy to have you. We wish you all the best. Uh, and if you ever need anything from us, let us know.
2: Well, Enrique and Vince, I got to tell you, thank you. You're making everybody better. You're taking the time to... Uh, share insights, you never know how what your podcast may affect somebody and may touch somebody in a a way that helps them to be successful. And I'm sure one of your leaders will be a service senior enlisted leader one day. And they'll look back and say, you know, I heard this thing one time, because that's really, it's just these little things that you might hear that, you know, might, you know, might get you to the next level. And and, uh, I'm grateful to both of you for taking your time to help everybody else get better—that's that's what it's all about.
1: Absolutely, thank you, Jason, for that. It's an honor and a privilege for all of us to do these great episodes here, and we are here all honestly to celebrate 232 years of the Coast Guard, folks. So, it's a, it's happy a great birthday, day. Coast Guard! Happy birthday, Coast Guard! Couple other things: Home Team Mortgage—they are a great sponsor. Thank you for everything they do for sponsoring the Leadership Void. And also we do radio check on the 1st and the 15th of every month at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, which is 1900 hours on LinkedIn Live. A time for us to get together with community, both military and first responders, check in, respond, figure out how to get back and forth, you know, pivot, learn from each other. So check us out at 1st and 15th and 1900 a radio check. But it's all about Jason today and the 232nd birthday of the Coast Guard. Thank you again and have a great day. Thanks,
0: man. Thank you for tuning in to the Leadership Void Podcast. If you have any topics you would like to discuss or you are dealing with leadership issues, be sure to write us at theleadershipvoid at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe and share. Until next time.